I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome to Ozark's Paints and Hooch. This ain't no fancy academic. Check your references. Kind of deal. This is three sisters from the Ozarks. Sipping and spewing. About paint, hooch, and history. Well, hello, everyone. I'm so happy. We're so happy that you guys joined us today, this evening, this afternoon, whenever it is that you've joined us. The middle Um, of the night. Middle of the night. Sure, sure. If you're an insomniac like Dawn, it might be in the middle of the night. This is Dina, by the way. That was Dawn. Hi. Um, I have got the little story and the drink today, and Dawn has the big story. Uh, I think we're all in um, agreement that we like this drink better. Yes, we'll get to that. ma'am. Okay. Yes, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I just want to remind everybody, we're on social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. We have um, a website. It is ozarkhainsandhooch.weebly.com. Um, subscribe to us, please. We, uh, when you go to listen to us on the first and the 15th of the month, subscribe to us, give us all the stars. We like all the stars. Give us all the stars. We also, yeah, we also have a Patreon, um, go out there, same Ozark Saints and Hooch on Patreon. Go look at that. Um, we'll give you a shout out, um, well, if you sign up and there's some other fun stuff that you might be interested in, um, just give that, give that a check out, look that over for us, help us out. That'd be great. Um, our tech disclaimer is, of course, we are two girls in two different states with two different internets that sometimes work and sometimes don't. So sometimes I sound like a robot and I'm sorry, but I can't fix it because I'm kind of in the boonies a little bit. Um, We also have kids and cats and dogs and, you know, husbands that like to mow or weed eat or use his leaf blower every time. Um, But I sent him to the store. So he's not there. He's not here right now um and that's that's it so there's all of that um let me give you the drink so yay it's fabulous yeah it is it's not bad now i had to let mine melt a little bit because the bourbon was kind of strong because i'm not a bourbon girl but for not being a bourbon girl, I'm going to be able to drink this. So that's, that's good. Anyway, this is called a stone sour and it is, I don't have the recipe in front of me. So I'm going to see if I can remember it without it. It is one and a half ounces of bourbon, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, an ounce of orange juice, an ounce of simple syrup, you put that in a shaker, shake it up, pour it over ice with an orange wheel and a cherry, which I didn't, I thought I had cherries in the fridge, so I didn't get any, but I, I did not. So it's just an orange wheel. Um, I, um, have and then, two. I have two, so I'll. Well, I'll there you go. You have one for yours me. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I also, so like, um, I think I've said before, 
I usually, if my husband's going to be here, I make two and he tastes tests with me. And sometimes it's a no and he doesn't drink it, but he approved of this one. He liked it yeah. also. You know, as you were going through the um, uh, recipe, I realized I did not put as much bourbon in as it called for. What is wrong oh. with me? I did. I said, our, our drinks have been super strong lately. Like they haven't been girly. They've been full on. Here's the alcohol drinks lately. Mm -hmm. But like I said, if you let the ice melt a little bit, it's really pretty good. I like it. It is good. Makes me wonder what's different about it than a regular whiskey sour. I'll have to look that up, but it's good. Know. Well, a whiskey sour is just sour mix. And I think maybe it's just the fresh ingredients instead of using mm -hmm. a sour mix, you think? Yeah. Maybe simple, or it might be just simple syrup. And I don't mean, I don't know what sour mix is. It's like, like lemon. homemade sour mix. It's lemon and sugar. So maybe it's the orange that made it. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe kind of like a mix between a whiskey sour and an old fashioned kind of. Yeah, it but that's got bitters. Bitters would be good in this, but that would be totally different. No, no, thank you. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, they no, would. No, I don't like bitters. Okay, so here we go. Dawn, take it away. I'm going to drink my drink and hopefully be able to speak when it's time for my little story. Okay, well, so the reason why the drink is a stone sour, you know how we are, we theme stuff. And I am doing a story on Ozark's Mad Stones. Um, I had heard of these kind of, but I didn't know really what they were. And then I was talking to our mom about it when I was talking about um, what, you know, the drawing she was going to do. And she goes, you know, I think grandpa had one. And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, I don't know. I swear. I think he had one. Well, I don't remember that, but, um, and I've never seen it, but now I'm going to be on the lookout for it. So um, before we get into the story, uh, I, there's a ton of information on Madstones, and so there's a website, ozarkhealing.com, thealmanac.com, uh, Vance Randolph's book, Ozark Magic and Folklore, um, thelibrary.org. Uh, in that website, you'll find a periodical called Bittersweet that has a lot of really cool mountainy things, subjects, essays. And then my, I just got to give a shout out to the Berry County Museum in Berry County, Missouri. They, for a little teeny place and a little teeny museum, they have so much of their Ozarks stuff online, as in you click on a newspaper article and they scan the whole article in so that you can see pictures and all of that stuff. So yay them, whoever yeah. did that, you win the internet. So <laughs> All right, so here we go with the stuff. So um, a madstone is sometimes called, okay, right here. It's the first sentence and I have no idea. A bezoar, B-E-Z-O-A-R. Bezoar, bezoar, bezoar stone. Bezoar. Why wouldn't you just spell yeah. that Z-O-R-E then? But anyway. It, uh, so they're used to draw poison out of bites and wounds, but most especially they're used for rabies. Um, if you've been bitten by a rabid something, um, it works by absorb supposedly it works by absorbing the poison bit by bit. 
and then curing the bites by detoxifying them completely. So most often they're boiled in milk, the stones applied to a wound and it sticks. And when they fall off, the patient is pronounced healed, detoxified. Um, so uh, people used mad stones in two different ways. Um, the way I just talked about where you apply the stone to the wound. Um, and uh, once it fell off, um, so the thought was that it was it sucked all the poison out. Um, once it fell off, it was cleaned again in milk or warm water, and if necessary, re reapplied. And then a less common method um, used among the Native Americans was to scrape off portions of the stone and give it to the patient in milk. Now, when you find out what they're made from, gross, but... Yeah. So what are they? Well, most commonly in our neck of the woods anyway, mad stones can be found in the stomach or intestines of cud chewing animals, sometimes called enturoliths. I don't know if that's the stone or the animal. It's gotta be the stone. Um, they resemble rocks, but are actually concretions of mineral salts combined with hair and fibers. Um, they're really kind of calcium deposits, really similar to the way an oyster forms a pearl, which, you know, they, oysters form pearls when a foreign body gets in there and the actual pearl is to soften the edges of whatever the foreign body is. So, um, so uh, calcium clings to that foreign material and then more calcium is added in layers. And people say that if you cut through a mad stone's middle, you'll fi find concentric rings like rings in a tree. Um, some say they originally were a native healing tradition and were called Indian stones and used for rabies. Um, and the Indians believed that the mad stone or Indian stone was particularly useful during the dog days of summer, ruled by the dog star Sirius. Um, and the thinking was that tensions rise as the heat rises and the humidity rises, and thus dogs are supposedly more susceptible to rabies at this time of the year. So knowing someone with a mad stone was vital. And of course, there weren't rabies vaccinations yet. So, you know, they probably, every, all the animals that could get rabies probably did have them. Um, from the Encyclopedia of North Carolina, here's a brief description of mad stones from Jean B. Anderson citing Appalachian and Old American sources of the stone. And before I go into this, um, quotation. Um, if you haven't listened to us before, you know that um, Ozarkers were, um, I, I say, and this isn't very technically accurate, but they were weirdos from Appalachia that were too weird for Appalachia, so they came to the Ozarks to create their own culture. Um, I'm going to digress for a minute because I found this really interesting. I've been having really great email conversations with Brooks Blevins, who is the, he's the new Vance Randolph. And um, anyway, I was telling him that I get really um, uh, frustrated because when I try to write a grant or a proposal for a project or whatever up there, up here where I live, which is very close to Appalachia, 
people don't know why I'd be studying the Ozarks because they assume the Ozarks are like Appalachia too, you know, like Appalachia light or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a whole lot of research that proves that for a lot of reasons, Ozark culture and Appalachian culture are very, very different, even though people came from the UK and settled Appalachia and then some of those people left along with people in Tennessee and Kentucky and then they came to the Ozarks. So that's that. But anyway, because um, as we'll see here, there's some question about where Madstone's first came from. Um, I thought one of those options is that they came from Appalachia. So that's, that's why I use this encyclopedia entry. So here it is. Madstones have existed from antiquity in the realms of magic and have appeared at various times in North Carolina folklore. Akin to precious and semi-precious stones to which fortune or healing were always attributed, Madstones supposedly cured hydrophobia or rabies, but also bites of poisonous creatures such as snakes and spiders. Madstones traditionally have been animal, animal, vegetable, or mineral in origin and are usually described as porous. Though in Wales and England, they were white and pink alabaster, so they weren't even the calcium stuff. In the Orient, tabashir, which functions as madstones, are the opals of siliceous white or translucent stubs substances occasionally found in bamboo joints weird right that was a big long sentence don't i know man siliceous white or translucent Mm -hmm. substance occasionally found in bamboo joints tabashir okay okay in the Orient, Europe, and America, bazors, gallstones, or stomach growths of hair fiber or calculi found in ruminant animals, ruminant means cud chewing, such as deer, buffalo, and cattle were used for medicinal purposes. So evidently everywhere had some sort of something. They stuck to a wound and said it sucked the poison out. Sucked the right? stuff out, yeah. Yeah. So where in the world? No. Where do they come from? Okay, so um, many old people in the Ozarks and Appalachia allege that the madstone in a deer is always found in the stomach, while others place it in the intestines or the bladder, or even in the udder of a doe, or even, and this comes from an old text, quote, betwixt the windpipe and the lights. <laughs> you think the lights are the eyes? I guess. I don't know. Would that be your cheeks behind their cheeks? Lights. I don't know. So Uncle Lum Booth of Taney County, Missouri, who had given the matter considerable thought, said that so long as the deer was white, it made no difference in what part of the body the stone appeared. So um, Now, from another source, a madstone from a brown deer will work in a bind if another cannot be found. A better grade of madstone comes from a spotted deer, but the very best madstone comes from an albino or a witch deer. So, I mean, first first of all, the madstone's hard to find, then you got to find an albino deer. Okay, so what part of the world do you find them in? We kind of talked about that before, but 
Supposedly, animals in eastern states are more likely to contain mad stones as a result of higher calcium content in the soil. Um, but mad stones have occasionally been reported from animals in the Ozarks, as well as in the UK. So, you know, we have a whole lot of calcium in the Ozarks. I, I don't, I forget where this came from. So uh, anyway, uh, Tina Marie Wilcox, the head gardener and herbalist at the Ozark Folk Center State Park's Heritage Herb Garden. <laughs> In Mountain oh. View, Arkansas, man. Wow. Believes that on a business card, right? No kidding. She probably has to like drop it like a scroll or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you my card. <laughs> um, one of the oldest documentations was the Fred family in Virginia, and they believe their stone was brought over from Scotland. Uh, says Wilcox. So the people that settled in the Ozarks for Europe would have brought these tradition and belief systems over with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so the rules are that mad stones are not to be bought or sold. Such interactions may negate their healing powers. Though a man named G.G. Carney from Flat Creek, Missouri would sell you one for $10. He had a factory. They were made of limestone that had been invaded by moss and taken from a creek near Jenkins, Missouri, according to a Springfield Daily News article from 1980. Well, I would be afraid that one wouldn't work, right? If right. it says that you can't, I wouldn't give him my 10 bucks. Wait, wait, because okay. the porous rock was sealed with hot wax. So after they find the rock where the moss and it was guaranteed or your money back. That's oh, what the okay. advertising said. So, all righty. All right. So, Jeff Carney of Springfield, Missouri, has a mad stone that's been passed down in his family for generations. It's small, no more than two inches wide, with a porous top and a smooth, rounded bottom, kind of like me. Mm -hmm. and, oh, stop it. I know. And Carney's not sure what it's made of. He believes it may have started with his great, great, great grandfather, Thomas Carney, who brought it with him from Illinois, and he may have brought it there from the North Carolina, Tennessee area where he lived before that. It finally ended up with his grandfather, Benjamin Franklin Carney, who lived in Crane and was the editor at the Crane Chronicle after teaching in one-room schoolhouses in the area. All right. Huh. So, um, that's kind of what they are and, and where they come from and some of the rules around them. Um, the, uh, what, the other stuff I heard, and then I'm gonna get into some specific stories is that you know these people guarded them with their lives because they really believed that they could heal you. So mm -hmm. I hope I'm not jumping ahead of myself, but there was um, some of them, uh, charged when somebody came and borrowed your madstone. Um, some of them didn't charge, but took a deposit sometimes of like $10, which was a lot for Hill people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another guy, uh, what do you call it? He insured his madstone when he, um, loaned it to somebody else for $10,000 in the early wow. 1900s. That's a lot. So you, you can yeah. tell that they're really, I mean, they really, really thought that these worked. So here's some specific stories. And this one comes from that periodical called Bittersweet. Uh, 
According to some stories Doug Mankey has heard, people have recovered after using a Madstone. Sam Massey, a Taney County resident, told him one such story from firsthand experience. One summer day, many years ago in Oklahoma, his brother Monroe came in from plowing the fields to eat lunch. He fed the team and went to eat his own lunch. After he finished, Monroe started back to the barn to get the horses ready. They were general, general. They were gentle, but as he started to catch one of the horses, it seized his arm and shook him violently, making a terrible wound. It was discovered that the horse had rabies. The father took him to Stonewall in Pon Pontotoc, Pontotoc County. Do you know where that is? Pontotoc? Oh, maybe that's Oklahoma. To a man who had three mad stones. The man applied the stones to the boy's wound, and one of the stones stuck to the boy for 72 hours. He fully recovered. Oh, so there you go. Um, so, yeah, so the, uh, in some of the other stories I read, you know, sometimes you put it on and it wouldn't stick. So it was the stone kind of chose, you know. Oh, it was going right. to fix. If it was going to fix or not. Uh, so this came from, uh, there's a guy, oh, I'm so sorry, Guy, and I know you listen to our website, but I'm, I'm going to give you a shout out here. He's, he's a younger guy, younger, maybe 30s, um, who's trying to revive Ozark Healing, and so his website is called Ozark Healing's Traditions, so this came from his website. J.J. Hibbler, veteran real estate dealer in Springfield, Missouri, kept a madstone in his office for many years. It was famous in the 1890s and people came up from all over southwest Missouri to use it. Homer Davis of Monette, Missouri, used to have a mad stone shaped like a half moon. The old timers say it was always dipped in hot milk before applying it to a wound. It was a porous stone said to have been taken from the stomach of an albino deer more than 75 years before that. Yeah. Homer Davis of Monette. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, even in Kansas City, Missouri, madstones were still in use as late as 1931, according to the uh, Kansas City Journal Post, August 4th, 1935. A stone belonging to Mr. Noel E. Jackson, aged pioneer, is said to have been brought from Scotland in the early days by a man named Bates. It looks like whitish limestone, about an inch and a half long with a sort of honeycomb structure. It has the appearance of a fossil, but Mr. Jackson thinks it came from the stomach of a deer. He says he has seen this stone used hundreds of times and has never known it to fail. He has never charged a cent for the use of it. In 1931, Mr. S.T. Daly of Strasburg, Missouri, was bitten by a rabid mule. The stone adhered to Daly's wound for nine hours. Jackson says the stone is often applied to the same patient several times. In the case of a little girl from Independence, Missouri, it stuck for 45 minutes and then fell off. Jackson cleaned the thing in sweet milk, dried it carefully, and two days later, he applied it again. This second time, the stone adhered for 35 minutes. Several days later, it was tried again, but failed to stick at all, which the neighbors regarded as evidence that the child was safe from rabies. So there you go. Okay. All right. This comes from the Ozark Folk Center in Arkansas. 
Okay, now on this day, Mr. J.H. Wright of Berryville, Arkansas, being duly sworn upon his oath, states that on December 9th, 1923, he was bitten on the calf of his right leg. On the following day, the wound became very painful and was advised by a doctor to apply iodine and carbolic acid. The, the swelling and pain continued so much that he could not sleep on Tuesday night. On Wednesday evening, hearing of the carny poison extracting device, that's the, uh, what, the carny guy that would sell you those things, mm -hmm. he decided to try it. The first application adhered four hours and 30 minutes. And when within 30 minutes after the device adhered, all pain in the wound ceased and all swelling and soreness were gone within one hour. Um, this person said, I'm confident in my own mind that the device cured without the aid of other remedies. Huh. Miss Naomi, and this is these la this last one's from the Ozark Folk Center too. Miss Naomi Clark of Winslow, Arkansas, writes that madstones are applied to the bites of poisonous snakes as well as dog bites in her neighborhood. Um, but she says, I've seen nothing of this myself and have so far been able to learn anything definite about it. So, um, it, you know, you can tell there's a long history. It makes you wonder if, like, was it a placebo? Like, did they will themselves healthy? Uh -huh. Or we know today that rabies is caused by a virus that's usually spread through contact uh, with an infected animal saliva. So perhaps madstones, whether they're made from deer stomach, calculi, or rock, perhaps their ability um, to absorb quickly and efficiency was the real issue. Was it a chemical reaction? You know, because the madstone bonded so tightly to the wound and the, by way of the milk or some combination mm -hmm. of both. Love we that, just yeah. don't know. So if you have a madstone, um, you know, don't go out and get bit by anything, but we'd love to hear about that because I find these things really, really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good so one. That's Ozark madstones. Yeah. And let me just tell you, anything that we find that has a story, like a personal story, it always includes Doug Mankey, right? Oh, I know. He's, he's like he's the god everything. of the Ozarks, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, All right. Doug Mackey. Who's the other guy? Vance Randolph. I, but there's mm -hmm. another guy, Grandpa and Mom know. Not somebody else besides Doug Mackey. Shoot. And Brooks Blevins. They're it. They're the gods yeah. of the Ozarks. So. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, that was good. It was Thanks. very interesting. I had never heard of that, actually. Well, Ever. me neither, really. So, um, anyway, good job. Thanks. It was a good one. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so, as you know, we, Dawn talks about it a little bit. We try to theme all our stuff together, our little and big stories, our drinks. We try to theme them all together. And sometimes that's hard. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I started um, by thinking I'd tell you about Vance Randolph, there you go, his ghost dog, because rabies, because I was going to take the ghost dog and the rabies and the madstone and the rabies. And, but then, as I was looking through stuff, I found hagstones. So um, 
My sisters and I have been collecting hagstones since I can remember, but that's not what we called them. Usually, we just called it a holy rock. Oh, look, I found a holy rock. Um, because it <laughs> had a friendship or a friendship stone. Our friendship, yeah. And I've heard Deidre call them fairy rocks, too, actually. Um, but if it is summer and we are together in the Ozarks, you will find us plopped down in the middle of a creek bed. And yeah. we each have our own favorite spots, but really um, any creek bed will do. And one of our favorite hobbies while we're there, besides eating Doritos and napping, um, <laughs> is searching for our holy rocks, right? Yeah. That's that's yes. what we do. That is our favorite thing. Anywhere tell by him, water. Can I tell them what? what I do with mine? Your holy rocks? Sure. Yeah. So I hang mine on a string and I hang them off a tree because I'd always heard that they kept evil spirits away. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to say any more of that because you're going to talk about that, I guess. But yep. anyway, my neighbors think I'm a crazy person. And I do think whenever hurricanes are headed for this area, I've got all these rocks hanging in trees. That's probably stupid. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, Maybe that all right. is... Well, I don't know, because they say they can find them on beaches, too. So, I'm, anyway. Right, um, sorry. So, here's a little history. A hagstone, or a fairy rock, is a rock with a naturally occurring hole through it caused by water erosion. It is said to have sacred, spiritual, and magic powers. I think I thought they were lucky, but that's it. I didn't, I'm, right. I mean, uh, you know, oh, kind of like finding a four-leaf clover along those lines. But actually, there is a whole lot more to it. It is said it's better to find your own than to buy one, which is what they said about mad stones, too. Right. But they sell them um, as jewelry or just I found a rock on eBay, which seems a little bit crazy to me because we never had a like I can't remember going to the creek and not finding one. Right. Well, I'm, I've got my wallpaper for my computer. I just took a picture of the creek bank and I'm just looking and I can like find one, two, three, four. Yeah. And I've got like oh. windows open. They're everywhere. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, well, so once again, better to find your own than to buy one or even to give it as a gift, which is what, like I said, what they said, Don said about Madstones too. Yeah. So here, looking through the hole will give you a glimpse into fairy, which I did not know what I'm a little scared to try, honestly. I if you're like interested, I have done that. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe there's a special, I'll get into it. Some people believe there's a special time of day that you have okay, to do that. Okay. And, okay. All right. So if you're interested in protecting something, you should tie your hagstone to it. There, uh, the more tied together, the more protection you will have. So your tree's really protected, Don. Well, hopefully my yeah. house too. Yeah. So uses for the hagstone go beyond protection. They are said to heal minor ail ailments, provide fertility magic, and they're used for truth stones and can even see the future. So they say. So Sherry Farley, which does that name sound familiar to you? It did not to me, no. but she lives on the banks of Swan Creek in a little cabin. Um, she has uh, a company. I, I couldn't tell like the last post I think was from 2018, but she has, I think they're called the Make Do Dolls. Um, but she, she had a whole um, like blog post on Ozark Hagstone beliefs. So this is from her website. Um, 
If you hang them from your kitchen window, it will keep hags and evil spirits from entering your home. Putting one under your bed will cure rheumatism and cramps. Hanging a hagstone above a child's bed will chase away nightmares. She also states that you can look through the hole to see Starry, to see Starry, to see Fairy, but it has to be during the witching hour. There you go. Lastly, okay. old timers used to hang hagstones on an iron nail from the outside of their barns to prevent their horses from being hag ridden during the night. Oh, okay. So there's some Ozark uses. Um, I did find other uses in other places because, like most things magical, they can be find they can be found anywhere. Maybe I shouldn't have had this drink. Anyways. <laughs> Sailors would tie them to their ship to prevent witches from clinging to their vessels and also said that the swing of the stone from the ship would break up bad weather. Along with that, if you tie a string through the hole and swing the stone while visually visualizing weather change, you can break up bad weather. It is said to if you wear it about your neck, it will give you good health and cure minor ills. Also to tie it to keys so they won't be lost. Now, I'm sorry, but if you have a big old stone or rock tied to your keys, that's just dumb. Of course, well, you're not going to lose gonna... it. There's a big yeah. old rock tied to your keys. But what if it's a little bitty? Well, I may do this because I lose my keys all the time. I don't know. I have a hard time seeing the supernatural in that when you have a flipping rock tied to your keys. <laughs> it's going to be hard. To I don't ride. think they mean like a, like a 50 pound one. I think they I mean... don't know. Still. Uh, I found one piece of information that said you could only see fairy through the hole um, and that it is also a portal where you may enter into fairy. That kind of scares me too, but what, what if yeah. you can't get out? Um, oh, where you find your hagstone may also determine what type of fairy you see. So if you see you find it a creek fairy or a water fairy or if you find it in the woods you see a wood fairy you know or a forest fairy whatever you want to call them so if you're lucky enough to find a hagstone to activate the energies of it you must leave it outside from sunrise to sunset to charge it with solar energy then the same when it is a full moon to charge it with lunar energy Anoint your stone with early morning dew. In fact, very early morning is one of the best times to scry for fairies, the other time being dusk. These are known as the in-between times. And while glimpsing into the realm of the Fae, you are entering in-between places with your hagstone acting as a portal. Place a dewdrop on each eyelid and one on your third eye, brow, your chakra area, to enhance your psychic abilities and attune you to the energies around you. First, you need to find a comfortable spot as this will take time and patience. Close or cover one eye and then gaze softly through the hole at the nature around you. You need to do this while in a state akin to daydreaming, so defocus a little and relax. Um, they say like those of us who used to look at the magic eye pictures back in the late 80s and early 90s, it's the same kind of um, unfocus your eyes type of thing. Or like probably like meditative, mm -hmm. like a meditative state too. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it says that you may find everything turns a little misty or hazy around you and your vision blurs but this is what it's supposed to happen that's part of the process you may then see flickers of movement flashes or light or if you're lucky enough they may show themselves to you if you can't see anything don't be discouraged it may be that you need a little more practice or perhaps you need to try a different spot also like humans some of the fae are very private and not all may show themselves known to you it can also help to bring an offering with you this could be some food for the birds or other creatures around you or you could gift a crystal or stone to the fae also helping the environment is important keeping the area where and clear of rubbish is more likely to attract them to you. If you're doing this in your garden, look at planting flowers, which will attract butterflies and bees because fairies love those. Okay. I personally have in my possession um, a large hagstone or a fairy stone, and it is from Swan Creek. And my memory is super bad. I think the scooter and I found it, and Deidre tried to steal it, or Deidre found it and Scooter liked it and he stole it. But I'm really I, not sure. It I could be remember. either way. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but there weren't any stories about stolen hagstones. It said not to buy one or gift one, but it didn't say anything about stealing <laughs> one out of somebody's yard. <laughs> um, it is a really good one. And um, if you'll look at the pictures that we post of our drinks, you'll notice my fairy stone um hang it behind my drink and that is my story about hagstones or fairy stones that was good i didn't i mean i don't know i didn't know i i just knew you oh, you hang them on yeah. something for protection i knew that part mm -hmm. yeah or they were good you know it was good luck it was like finding a penny or or you know that kind of thing yeah but i didn't know that there was all of that there's all of that involved. But now, so. okay, I also know that they were called friendship rocks and you you gave them to somebody who you wanted to be your friends. So that kind of, it said, don't take them from people, right? No, it said, don't get, don't give as, you can give as gifts, but they're not as strong. Okay. And all buying right. or, or giving make them not as strong, which yeah. makes me kind of also... What if, what if I stole it? What if I was the thief and that makes you see like bad fairies or something? I don't know if I want to look through it now. Well, I don't, <laughs> I can't I, remember the real story. I can't remember who found it. So what if you take it, what if you take it from the creek bank and then you take it a thousand miles away? What do they travel with it? Am I going to see South Carolina fairies or what? Well, because it's a portal. You might see the fairies that are at Swan Creek instead yeah. of the fairies that are in South Carolina because it's a, I mean, it's a portal to anywhere. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Wait, I can save so much gas. All I have to do is go through the portal in my front yard and be in Forsyth. And show up on the banks of Swan Creek. Yeah. I'll call you. Maybe I can kill hey, myself. Hello, come and get me. Yeah. I've well, honestly, it. so I've been sitting here like in my, you know what? If I can figure out a way to take this wallpaper picture, if you guys want, it's a really cool picture. Um, if you guys want wallpaper for your computers of uh, Swan Creek rocks, I will 
maybe I'll figure out how to post that on our website. Um, but anyway, I was just sitting here trying to count in this one picture how many hagstones there are, and it, you can't. I mean, there's like a gazillion. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, there you go. And then, yeah. I was going to say, and then today you, um, you tagged me in something from some of our friends, um, Maggie O'Donnell and a couple other shepherd people had posted something about friendship rocks today. And right. that was just yeah. a, a crazy coincidence, I think. So we'll put maybe, uh, I, did you, what, one no, of us but will I can put look that it up picture one, Yeah. Okay. I can yeah, one of us will put that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, now I know I can go look through the rocks. They're still hanging on my trees. Um, Hi, yeah. they're keys. everywhere. That's the dumbest. I'm sorry. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't know. I may go see if I've got a little one somewhere. I like have them all over the house because that's what we do. We, we take them. I find them in my beach bag. I find them everywhere. Um, I might go see if I can tie one to my keys, a little one. Right. So. I think that's dumb. It's a rock. I just don't, I don't think it's dumb. I just don't think that's supernatural because if you have a rock tied to your keys, I'm just, okay, you go do it if you need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I will okay. not judge you for tying I a rock will. to your keys. All, All right. right. Well, thanks, everybody. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us. We don't forget do. to leave us. Yeah. Don't forget to leave us all the stars um, to subscribe to us. Listen to us on the 1st and the 15th. Go look at our Patreon. See if you want to be a hoochie. Yeah, that'll that'll be explained, I guess, in the Patreon. Um, go go be a hoochie. Um, come see us on Facebook and Instagram and our website we should go oh, yeah our website and we should just say goodbye goodbye hey everybody this is dawn dina and i realized after we finished recording this episode that the next episode was due on november 1st but we couldn't not do a special halloween show so we're going to put an episode out there on halloween morning that's a special spooky episode rather than wait until November 1st. So we hope you'll join us. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.